Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I lived in Lubbock, Texas a couple of times in my life, and, and there's a song, and I think it's by Mac Davis, that said, that, that happiness is Lubbock in the rearview mirror. Well, I'm a glutton for punishment because I tried it twice, and it was, it was, it was true both times. And, um, but we were living in the city, and we're just not really city folk. So we looked, and, and now we're going to see everybody's age. I was looking in a thrifty nickel. Now, if you know what a thrifty nickel is, I know how old you are, okay? It's like for, for y'all kiddos, the thrifty nickel was like a printed Craigslist, okay? That's what it was. So we're looking, that's where you found apartments and, and stuff for rent. So we're looking through the thrifty nickel, and we found this farmhouse for rent. And it was like 40 miles out of town, which was perfect, right? And so we called the old farmer, and he lived in town. And he said, yeah, I'll meet y'all out here. Here's directions. So, so we made it out to this little three-bedroom farmhouse. And what we were looking for, this house had, had a set of pins in the back that we could keep some horses. And we wanted to do some day work, and there was a feed yard there, and there was a, a sale barn, and we had the opportunity, but we didn't have a, really a place to keep a horse. So we rented this house, and or before we rented it, we asked that guy, I said, hey, one condition, we'll rent your house. Can we clean up that old set of pins back there and keep a couple of horses out there? Well, yeah, I guess. That, that'll be all right. So. Anyway, so we moved in, and we started cleaning. And, I mean, these pens hadn't been touched since, like, 1912, right? And I, mean, we're, I mean, we're basically rebuilding these pens. It would have been better off if we had just put some pens, some panels in the backyard than redoing this. But we made it better for him because we like to go into a place and, and leave it better than you found it. That's the cowboy way. And so, anyway, we worked for, like, a month and a half trying to get these pens cleaned up. And, and we got it done. I mean, you needed chainsaws to cut down the the stuff that was growing in these pens and we got it all done and like nearly on the last day this old farmer he was drive by every day to check his farm fields and he'd wave at us or honk or he'd pull in there and talk to us and we was nearly done i mean like right at the end he pulls up and he's like man y'all have done a lot of work here like yes sir we sure have he said you know i got to thinking i just i don't know if i want any horses out here or not <laughs> well you're gonna have a horse if i have to keep him in the house there's gonna be a horse out here he may not want him in the pens, but you're going to have a horse out here. So anyway, I guess he saw the look on three mad, dirty cowboys' faces when we looked at him, and he's like, well, you know, I, I know y'all done a lot of hard work, and I know what I said, but how about this? This dude always took the easy way out. He's like, well, y'all can keep a horse out here if I can get a horse and put it out here too. Okay, I don't care. So he goes to a farm sale and buys him a chestnut sorrel, Okay. And he brings this knot-headed horse in with our horses. And so we had a, lot, a little feed room, and he had his feed on one side. And then he'd call us, and he'd say, hey, man, I'm, not, you know, I'm running late or something like that. You mind throwing my horse some feed? Well, we had to feed our horses, so it was no big deal. So, you know, we fed his horse, and then the next day, was, hey, you know, you mind? I'm not going to be out there again. Can you feed that horse for me? So we fed his horse again. And, and this went on until he didn't have any feed left. Well, I'll bring you all some feed. I'll, I'll bring you some feed tomorrow never shows up. So, you know, we're not going to let this horse starve or anything. So we just turned it loose. No, no, we didn't do that. <laughs> and, and so we started feeding him our feed, right? And, and so th this whole situation, this dude was always looking 
for an easy way to do something. I mean, an easy way to get his pens cleaned up, an easy way to keep his horse. I mean, he got to where he'd say, hey, man, can you catch that horse for me? I'm going to go ride today. I'm going to go check my cows or something like that. And all of this stuff would happen. And um, he even asked me to saddle his horse one time. And, and I, you know, you're just kind of getting to the point that, Oh, it's not mad. And if you said that you couldn't do it, he got all huffy and mad. Well, by gosh, I didn't want no horses out there. And it was just turning into a wreck. So one day we happened to all be out there, all three of us cowboys that lived in this house. And it was just a little bitty old tiny thing. And you could see out the front and out the back from the, the kitchen was kind of long ways. And you could see the horses in the back and you could see the front. And all of a sudden this pickup pulls in with this brand new trailer on it brand new half top trailer nice looking bumper pull trailer he pulls up there and he gets out and of course the windows are all open so he can see us in there and he kind of like waits for us to come out there and help him but we don't we've been helping a lot of stuff so he goes out there and we watch him chase his horse around this little bitty old pen for about 15 minutes okay now if you've ever had a horse you, you, what i mean by chasing he's trying to catch him from behind right and you, know, you stop and he's cussing and screaming and hollering and we're laughing you know because that's where it is a great show so he finally gets it caught and we're just watching him and he tries to get it saddled and and he finally gets it saddled and he brings it up there and he is literally parked right outside the kitchen window we are all three or three cowboys standing at the sink looking out a window at his brand new trailer and he's going to put this horse in this trailer well he opens up the trailer and he leads that horse and that horse don't want to get in the trailer so he gets up there and and you could tell he was a horseman because if you want a horse to load in the trailer what you do is you jerk on the lead rope hard and then the horse will load up in the trailer. Every cowboy knows that, right? So he's jerking on this lead rope, and that horse is just getting further and further and further back. And so he takes the next easiest deal, and anytime the jerking on the lead rope doesn't work, the next best thing to do to get your horse in is to get really mad and start whipping it, okay? It'll, it'll work every time, and we're sitting there going, just laughing like, yeah, you're never going to get this horse in this trailer. And so now, man, this guy is furious, man. Nothing is working for him. And anyway, so he takes that lead rope and he throws it around the horse's neck and he ties it off to the other side. And I was like, oh, please, yes. Because I can see what's coming. I can see what's coming. And sure enough, there's a Lord in heaven. He steps up on this horse and rides it to the back of the trailer of this brand new half-top trailer. And he goes, and hits it with the spurs. And that old horse is still standing there, and he goes, you know how a horse will do? So if that don't work, the next best thing to do is to do it harder. Yeah, they did. They'll twerk. They'll grab their tail and twerk. Right? Pretty good, huh? And now he's got his ears pinned back. And if gigging him a little bit don't work, and gigging him a lot don't work, then you come out like this, and you hit him with everything you got. And when he did, that old chestnut sorrel decided to load up in that half-top trailer, and he loaded at Mach 2 and caught that old man right across the chest with the top of that trailer, and the horse kept going, and then he fell and landed on his back, and then the horse decided he didn't want to be in the trailer anymore, so he come back out. Now, I'm not going to say I'm proud of what happened next, okay? I'm not. But after everything we'd been through with that fella, I have never laughed so hard 
in all of my life. It has been the only time in my 23 years, nearly 24, that I was in a fetal position on an old farmhouse linoleum floor, and I was laughing so hard I gagged myself, okay? That's the kind of relationship we had with this fella. I don't know why, but we got an eviction notice. <laughs> so I had to find a new place to put my horses. And so anyway, we've been talking. We started last week, and we were talking about doing things the easy way or the right way. Of doing things the easy way or the right way. And, and we talked about how uh, that there's a, always a struggle, isn't there? It's that proverbial devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, and they're both whispering in your ear. And you, you, you know you ought to do the right thing, but the easy way is a lot easier, so you want to do it that way. And so there's all this struggle. But then the devil twists something, and he says, hey, listen to this. Listen here. How about instead of you struggling with whether to do things the easy way or the hard way, why don't you finally listen and realize that the easy way is the right way? And we're like, well, we didn't know that. We've been sitting here struggling. So now what we do is we think that the easy way is the right way, and now we live our lives just however we want to, and how dare anybody, how dare a cowboy preacher or somebody else come and tell me that the way I'm living my life ain't right. How dare you? Who do you think you are? But see, it's, it's, our, it's our human nature, or as the Bible likes to call it, our sinful nature that wants to take the easy way out. And most of the time you can know it's the easy way out when we let our feelings guide our lives. When, when you know, when, when somebody, how many times have you heard this? Well, I'll treat you like you treat me. You treat me bad, I'll treat you bad. You know what that is? That's saying I'm a puppet. I'm going to let you control me by however you act, I'm going to act that way too. I'm not going to be my own man and stand up and do the right thing. I'm just going to do the easy thing. If you're nice to me, I'm going to be nice to you. If you're mad to me, I'm going to be mad to you. It, 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 it's prevalent in today's society. Today, we're going to talk about how to tell the difference between what's easy and what's right. Paul talks about it in Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. This is what Paul says. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And then he says this, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, that right there is people that live the easy way of life. They take the easy way, man. If that's what they want to do, they do it. And how dare anybody try to tell them that their way is wrong? Because, see, the devil's convinced them that the easy way is the right way, and if it's the right way, then nobody can say anything to you about it, especially God. Well, God made me just the way I am. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are clear. And I listed, or I didn't list the good book listed all of those things. And let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. As Ty talked about, man, you'll get cold. You live a life like that, you're going to get cold. But the Holy Spirit, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I've got, I, I'm going to ask you all something, okay? I don't want nobody to raise their hands or, or anything like that and, and try not to look down or anything. But, but think about these two types of descriptions that Paul uses. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anchors, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and parties, and sins like these. That's one. And then you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which one of those describes your life? Which one of those describes your life? Because both of, both of them are the result of following. Let me continue. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So of those six verses, let me read the first verse and the last verse. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are clear. And the last one, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Listen, here's the truth. You're going to follow something. You're going to follow one of those two things. I don't care what you think you believe or, you know, well, I don't believe that. I don't care what you believe. You are going to follow your sinful nature or the Spirit of God. One of the two. One is going to re result in everlasting life, and one is going to result in something else. But see, when, when we follow our feelings, when you just live your life by, if, if you're mad, boy, you, you just have the right to just jump on everybody and just say whatever you want to. When we live a life according to our feelings, your life starts to spiral out of control. It's like being in a hole and you just keep digging and you want to get out of the hole. So the only thing you can think of is to keep digging and you just keep going down and down and down and down and down and down. And, and suddenly, not only are feelings running our lives, now we have feelings about feelings. And it just spirals out of control. We don't know any way. We, we come so ingrained into following our feelings and letting our feelings guide everything that we do that, man, it, ju it just starts going downhill. You start justifying your feelings with more feelings. Well, I can do whatever I want to because, by gosh, I'm my own man. And, rah, rah. and you wonder why you're miserable. You wonder why you're miserable. That's what happens when we follow our sinful nature. That's what happens whenever we follow our feelings, when we follow our flesh. I'm going to knock this off in a minute. There we go. We're good. But have you, did you notice in that long, long, long list of sinful nature stuff, did you notice how many of them are kind of have a foundation of easy and in feeling? Okay? Think about this. Sexual immorality, man, that's easy. It's a lot more easy to go out and do whatever you want to do with whoever you want to do it or whoever will have you do it or whatever. That's easy. Okay? That's easy, but being pure, that's hard. Lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. Isn't it easier just to argue with everybody and get mad and blow up, say whatever you want to, talk crap about somebody else? Man, those are easy things, and they're all feeling-based. Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, all of these things, envy, drunkenness. Man, it's a lot easier to hit that bottle than to just say, you know what? 
I'm going to live according to the way God wants me to live. No, man, we, we want to self-medicate with all of these other deals because that's what we feel like, and it's easy. What's the result of following feelings? If you follow the desires of your sinful nature, what's the result? Paul said it in black and white. He said, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't care what you believe. Now, now I, I want you to understand that, that sins, those sins doesn't send us to hell, okay? Sin doesn't send us to hell. It gets in the way of us knowing God or even wanting to know God or following God, okay? So sin doesn't send us to hell. It's following the desires of your sinful nature that results in sin, okay? So you can't say, well, I'm not a drunk, so I'm, obvi I'm obviously going to heaven. No, that's not true because you've got to follow what's right. What is right? Let us follow the Spirit's leading. God's leading, doing things the right way, not the easy way. Because when you're following what is right, instead of spiraling out of control, man, your life will grow. And isn't it funny how easy it is and quickly you can go downhill, but it takes time to grow. It takes time to grow. It's not going to happen overnight, man. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You just keep doing what's right and you keep growing. Your life will grow and grow and grow. And then here's, here's a couple of things that, man, I, I find this so refreshing, and this is the type of life that I want, and I'm hoping it's the type of life that you want. Listen to this. When you're following what is right, when you're following the Spirit, you don't, ha you don't have to feel the need to justify your actions to anybody. See, usually when people start making excuses and trying to justify what they've done, it's because they did something wrong. But when you're doing things the right way, when you're doing things God's way, you don't have to justify what you did because truth is truth, and the only way the truth comes from God. No longer do you have to justify your actions because the truth don't need justifying. It is what it is. The second thing is when you follow the Spirit, when you do what is right, instead of just doing it the easy way and, and living your life according to your feelings of the moment, you no longer have to explain yourself. No longer do you feel the need to have to explain yourself to anybody. I don't have to explain myself. I mean, th think about this right here. When, when you look at love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, how much of that do you feel like you need to explain? You don't have to explain anything, man. If you're living that way right there, your actions speak for themselves. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Your actions say it all. But on the other hand, you think about all those other things, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts, I guarantee you so, something in there probably fit every single one of us. And if somebody was asking us about us, wouldn't we start making excuses? Well, yeah, see, when you do things the right, mate, right way, you don't, have to, you don't have to justify yourself. You don't have to explain yourself. And the third thing is, is that uh, you don't have to second-guess yourself. Man, how many of us are like, man, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? If you just do it the right way, you don't have to worry about it. It's not, I'm not saying it's not hard to do, but you don't have to think about it. Man, when you get into the habit and you start growing, you don't have to second-guess yourself when you do it right. When you exhibit these qualities, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, when you do that, man, things just start coming together. You don't have to justify your actions. You don't have to explain yourself. You ain't got to second guess yourself. Man, I, I don't know about you, but this is something that I want in my life. 
That's the type of qualities that I want y'all to see in my life. And for the life of me, I don't know why anybody'd say, I'd rather have that other stuff. I'd just rather spiral out of control. You know, that's what I'd like to do. I don't get it. I don't get it. Let's jerk on the reins. Let's get in and gig them and get mad and blame other people. That's a lot better. No, no. And the last thing, and I don't want to say that, that one is more important than the other. Do you know what I really like is this last one. When you do things the right way, when you do things the way the Spirit of God tells you to do things, you don't have to be anxious about the outcome. You ain't got to be anxious about the outcome, folks. God has already said, man, if you do things this way, this is what's going to happen. You're going to inherit eternal life. Man, you're going to, have, you're going to get to be in God's tally book. When you're following him, it, it, you, you don't have to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You, you don't have to be those. Those are given to you. You just start doing it because you're following God because that's the way he does it. But if you're following yourself, man, it's that other list. And don't our actions speak louder than words? But I don't want to have to be anxious all the time. Man, there's a billion-dollar industry of people being anxious all the time because they're following their sinful flesh. They're following their sinful nature. But we have a choice. You're going to follow your flesh or you're going to follow the Spirit of God. And did you notice that that first list of all those sins of what happens when you follow your flesh, that they're feeling-based? But did you notice that that list of the good things when you follow the Spirit, they're character-based? Think about that. They're character-based. Think about that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, those are character qualities, not feelings. And yeah, they're the harder way. I get it. It's hard to keep your mouth shut when your emotions are, are flying off the handle. But you can do it if you're following God. But you've got to make a decision to follow him. And what's the result? Well, and we're going to end with this. What's the result? Well, if you keep reading, you go through Galatians 5, the next chapter is chapter 6. And believe it or not, Paul didn't sit down and say, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Okay? He didn't write that. This is a letter. So Galatians chapter 6, he's still talking about the same thing. And when you get down to Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, listen to what it says. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. That's the result. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. When you go out and you make a living following your feelings and what you want is what is right, because how dare somebody else tell you how to live your life? Well, get ready for your harvest because your harvest is going to be bountiful and it's going to be a harvest of decay and death from that sinful nature. But those, but, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Following the easy way or living according to your feelings results in harvest of death and decay. <laughs> Why would anybody want that? I have no idea. And it's all a result of just being a slave to your feelings, of taking the easy way out every single time. Of following the right way or high character values results in a harvest of everlasting life and a harvest of blessing. So what's the difference in the two? What, what is the separating ideal? It was in the very last part of that. 
at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Because see, that's what people that follow their feelings, they've given up. They're just like, man, just show me the right way, or the easy way, and that's the way I'm going to go. It doesn't matter if it's downhill, and, and I know that it's not good for me. I, I've given up. I just, wanna, I just want what's easy. That leads to death and decay. But for those cowboys and cowgirls that say, you know what, there ain't no quitting me. I'm going to do it the right way, not the easy way. I'm going to follow the Spirit. I'm not going to follow my flesh. And I know it's going to be the hard way, but it's going to be the right way, and I'm not going to be anxious. I don't have to justify. My actions speak louder than words. And no longer do I have to second-guess myself. So what did we learn today? It's simple. I never said that it was easy. If you want easy, just follow your feelings. If you get mad, yell at everybody. If you get sad, mope around the house or go hide somewhere. And if you're feeling happy, you know, go out and party and get drunk. And just follow your feelings. That's all you need to do. If that's the kind of life you want, if you want to harvest death and decay, do that. Man, it's easy. But if you want something different for your life and you've got the salt in the sand to never give up and follow God, He's going to take you on some trails that you would not go down. I promise you. But he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that trail is only reserved for those that don't ever give up. What did we learn? Don't take the easy way. It leads to death. Do things God's way, the right way. That leads to life. And if you ever run across a sorrel chestnut named Farm Sale, don't buy him. He's got problems. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we need you and your spirit to guide us where you want us to be. God, we can't take those easy shortcuts that our feelings constantly scream at us about. God, help us to not give up doing what you tell us to do. Help us to follow you and only you and only your way. And thank you for your gift of your son and the spirit that guides us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.